Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with... Tom Dorian, yeah. sidekick. Yes, hello. You're not wearing your name tag again. I Tom. like that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a special occasion. You know, I shouldn't say that. It is a special occasion today. It, yeah, I understand. Well, at, and uh, I'll just think twice about giving you a name tag next time. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm sorry. The Dymo label printer. Are you going to, like, dock go my wages? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to cut your pay in half. Darn it. No, we're going to double your pay. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's all the same. Anyway, thank you, Tom, for being here, being sidekick. Thank you. Sitting here with us. We have another uh, semi-sidekick. He's he's a sidler. He's a sidler. He he's, saw us from across the cafe. That's right. He sidled up. Ran out of honey buns. He's not really saw a guest. He's kind of here. one of the team now. He really as, is. Yes, Doug Rakulski. Doug, yes. welcome to the luxurious corner booth at Catholic Cafe. It's good to be here. Where, you know, and thank you for the enthusiasm and the, the excitement that you bring <laughs> to your part of the corner booth. Uh, and uh, we just thought we'd get Doug to kind of join us. What a treat. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to chat. Uh, about some really, um, I don't know, it's a concept that I think that a lot of people don't realize they're doing. And okay. I've just noticed it a couple of times. I'll, I'll tell you a really quick uh, little tidbit, little story here. I, I was recently talking to uh, someone who had come in to my office for a little advice, and they weren't doing well with their faith at the time. They've had some problems, and I do a little bit of counseling here and there, you know, as a deacon. Sure. Folks will kind of ask, uh, you know, where is God in all this, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was telling me about his problems, issues, and significant ones, going through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, what is your faith life like? You know, and he said, well, well I do this. And he rattled off. I mean, within 10 seconds, he'd rattled off all the stuff he was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd gone to adoration for an hour every week. He uh, was doing uh, multiple rosaries a day. Mm-hmm. Multiple, not just one. He was doing multiple rosaries a day. I said he went to mass. And he started listing this stuff off like these were these... these uh, little bullet points here mm-hmm. and it just caused me to think about uh now certainly i would never judge and, and and i know that there are good things that we do in life but it started making me thinking about this idea this concept of to-do lists right it's something that we live by doug i know you probably have a big hefty to-do list don't you i try to you try right. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to stay busy that's the most important thing but i will say that you know to-do lists are pretty good things Right. Uh, you know, I've got them. In fact, I'll give, here's here's a little bit of a sample of mine. Mm-hmm. Clean out the garage, fix the faucet <laughs> in the downstairs bathroom, mend the backyard fence, and buy my wife roses for our anniversary. So, yeah, now maybe best, I should, just so you know, I do that more than once a year for my wife. Just so you know that best. Okay. Well, that's good. That, well, yes. this is a, this is an ever changing list. Right. It may be birthday next. Who knows what? It's oh yeah, be sure. Next. Right. My point is, well played. Uh, it's good to have you know this list. Right. Yeah. Now that what this list allows me to do though is it helps me keep organized. Yep. Right. It helps me to prioritize. It, it helps me to to focus and and actually I get really uh, it just keeps me on task. It does. It does. You know, and of course. It also helps me keep my progress sort of quantifiable and measurable. And if you think about that, Doug, you're, you're in the business world, right? I am. Yeah, and so you know it's important. To, like you're a task-oriented guy, right? You, We're you have a hun- hunter-gatherer. We like to we like <laughs> to you know kill that animal and move on to the next one. That's right. But you've got a list of animals you need to kill. I do. That's exactly right. So you because you were just while you were in here earlier pre-show, you were sitting there talking about uh, well, I've got this for this person, this for that person, and this is going on and that's going on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you were just rattling off all the things you had to do today. 
That is true. Now, how does that help you to have that list? Well, focus, I think. It helps you plan your day. Right. Now, see, these are, these are good things. And, and, and I would they just are. say this is normally a, um, uh, a good thing. And, but I think that also, because it's so good, a lot of people think, well, you know, I could actually stretch this into other parts of my life. Right. You know, I could make this part of my spiritual life. Right, and if you stop and think about it, a lot of us have spiritual to-do lists. We do. You're right. Right. So we'll have like, uh, uh, you know, I go to mass every Sunday. Well, that's the first thing on everybody's spiritual to-do list. Should be. Right. Uh, some people say, well, I, I pray every morning, uh, you know, or I pray every evening, or I do a, an examination of conscience. Or I have so many rosaries a day. That's right. I, I pray X number of rosaries, whatever that number is. Maybe it's one a day. You right. Know, I, I pray one a day, or maybe I pray one a week, whatever. But I have got a number. Right. And I sort of set a goal for myself. Right. And I, I do try to do that number. You know, and then I've, I've, man, if I could have a nickel for every time that I've talked to somebody, especially some of our uh, separated brothers and sisters, our Protestant friends, who will tell me how many times they've read the Bible all the way through. Right. Well, the Bible is very important. It is. It's very primary importance. It is for Catholics. But for Protestants, you know, it's, it, 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 it takes a certain level of importance. And sometimes they love to let you know how many times they've read through the Bible. Right. You know, and so it's like, uh, well, you know, I've read through the Bible 16 times. Right. Like, wow. Sixteen <laughs> times. Wow. You know, it's right. kind of like I've climbed Mount Everest. You know, if you did that, Tom, right, you'd tell everybody, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, every that, time. That'd be on your every resume. Time. I've climbed Mount Everest. Yes, I would. You know, as an aside, by the way, when I get introduced at some of these conferences <laughs> uh-huh. and they ask for stuff, I always slip that in. <laughs> that I climbed Mount Everest three times. Guess <laughs> their attention. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, and the people always stop and go, "Wow." Of course, then I start the thing off by saying, "I never climbed it." I just wondered if they could, <laughs> if they would say this if I wrote this down. But uh, and then you know go into adoration. It's just wrong. And go into adoration an hour a week. Right. Yeah, good, a good a good thing to do. And then of course, we as Catholics will like to memorize our prayers, don't we? Oh yeah. We start with the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. Right. right? Then there's some more difficult prayers that we may not always know. Sure. You know, Memorare. Memorare is one of them. Remember, O gracious Virgin Mary. Yep. Never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection. You know, so, so we have all this, these great prayers that people wow. will memorize. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, I just got the first line memorized to there impress people. That's very good. Uh, and then, of course, there's, you know, we are also sometimes, I will say, guilty this time of really sort of making a sort of a sacramental box to check off for all of our sacraments. Right. You know, I get parents all the time. I'm the director of religious education at my parish, and so... People are always calling me about, well, you know, junior, it's time for junior's first communion. You know, ch- ch- right. check off that box. Right. But now, it's, you know, of course, before you do that, you have to check off the penance box. Right. Right. And if, confirmation, and if, right. not too far down the road. Exactly right. You know, and of course, we don't see them again. You know, and they come back right. confirmation time and it's it's uh, ch- ch- check off the box. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so, so a lot of times people will start to realize that, you know, there's a lot of little a lot boxes, of boxes to check off. Yeah. Now. It's funny, though, how you included the Protestants and all that, our Protestant brothers and sisters, I should say, how you lumped in th- them in there as well. Because I think the Catholics get really accused of that more than anybody. Well, we get Box accused checking. of doing stuff. Yeah, we get in exactly. Of doers. Right. Right? And, right. and there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Because we have a lot of stuff to do. Yep. The, we have some beautiful devotionals and, and things like that in our faith that, and practices and ritual that are just so beautiful. Liturgy, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yet... Sometimes these to-do lists can become problems, like a spiritual to-do list can suddenly become an obstacle to your faith versus an opportunity of faith. Yeah, that, it becomes the end all. That's exactly right. Well, because we comes, remember, in our to-do lists, what it does for us, it helps us to be organized, help us, helps us to be on task. Yep. Right? We become task-oriented. Go on, Doug, you, you had this list of stuff you're going to do today. 
you're going to consider yourself a failure if you don't do all those things on that list, right? <laughs> That's true. Or at least one of them. You got you got one you got up there on the top that you got to get done today. You have feel to. like I've accomplished something. I have to, right? Well, but that becomes like in, in well in a business sense or a, in a corporate sense that becomes the goal. Right. The goal is to get that done. Yeah, knock the things off the list. Right. And and I think unfortunately a lot of folks will fall into that trap in their Catholic faith of knocking things off the list. Are they, or doing things. Are they doing the rosary? Or are they praying the rosary? Yeah, that's a great distinction. Um, I had one priest, uh, Father Blunt, he's been on the show a couple of times, and he talked about machine gun rosaries. Right. Hail Mary, Father Grace, the Lord is with you. Hail Mary, Father Grace, the Lord is with you. And you can, he, you can just rattle off a rosary. You can, get a, you can get a whole rosary done in about uh, you know seven or eight minutes. Right. Right, get through all five mysteries, and you can do uh, um, you know all four... Uh, all four rosaries, you know, in 20 minutes yeah. if you wanted to. Heck you know? yeah. And, and so, you know, doing, praying, but really when we look at our faith, it's not something that we do. Correct. Right? And, and that's, that's what we have to do. Now, I will say this. I should probably make this sort of a side comment here because a lot of people listening, you know, they're, getting, they're pulling over their car now, and they're saying, Deacon Jeff says we don't have to go to Mass anymore. <laughs> he says we don't have to pray rosaries. <laughs> Deacon Jeff says, it's, "I hope they have the radio on go still. <laughs> Yeah, keep them on, folks, because there's more here. Yeah. You know, I want to be clear that these are all beautiful things to do, whether they're they're uh, devotionals or whether it's liturgy, it's a, a prayer, whatever it is in our faith. These are beautiful things. The problem yeah. is when we start doing them for the sake of the number. Right, missing the point. Yeah, how many times, how many rosaries do I do a day? And then you start extrapolating the numbers, and you start realizing, oh, that means that if I do that for the rest for the rest of my life, I'll have prayed six hundred forty-two thousand seven hundred eighty-three rosaries. Right. And I've said this before, but you know, six hundred forty-three thousand eight hundred seventy-two, whatever the number was. You know, you get to heaven, and and you're standing there at the gates of heaven, and Peter comes out to meet you and goes, oh, you know, you were just one, one rosary short. <laughs> shy. I if, hate when that happens. Yeah, if only you had done that rosary, right. we'd be good. Right. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to come in. I'm sorry. There's the and, elevator. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, i, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I really believe that's not the way it's going to be. I hope right? not. And unfortunately, when you start getting playing the numbers game, then you start to miss yeah, the whole point. You get caught up in that, right. Right, and, and, and that's what we kind of want to f- focus on a little bit more today is we, that, that when we have a spiritual to-do list, list we can become task-focused. Right. Right, we're, we're focused on accomplishing the task. You know, we're, we're data-based. You know, we're, exactly. Right, we're doers, not believers. And, you know, and i got to say, I hate to use the word because it gets overused a lot, but we become pharisaical. Yeah. We become like the, the Pharisees. We keep the letter of the law. And yet we don't even understand the law. Yeah. We don't understand the spirit of the law. We don't understand why we're doing these things. Right. And so the thing to do, I think, is not that we don't want to do these things, because these things can be beautiful, and they can actually help build build your faith a little bit mm-hmm. by uh, help. It's, it's kind of like uh, uh, I want to increase my faith, and so I do more faith-filled things. Right. That will help increase my faith. But I've got to have faith to begin with to do the faith-filled things. Because they wouldn't be faith-filled otherwise. But they're the kind of things that sort of help build, and you have this, this spiraling growth. Um, you think you could say that again, Doug? I no. don't think so, actually. I don't, I don't either. Oh, I could play the tape back, and people would be very impressed. <laughs> you know. No, you, you understand what I'm saying. Yes, that, we do. Uh, that, that you, you know, you've got to have faith 
And yet, uh, doing these things is not the the cause of your faith, but it will increase your faith. That's exactly well, right, right. Saint Augustine talked about that and talked about you know works and and faith and and the relationship and that 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 works were uh, not the uh, the precedent or the antecedent of, of faith. So it's a byproduct. That's right. You had to have the faith to begin with. It was a gift from God. Exactly. Which causes you to do good works, which therein causes grows your, your faith, faith to build. Right. Absolutely. And that's and that's the proper relationship. Now we have lots more to talk about. You know, what is the alternative? We're going to talk about instead of the, the spiritual to do list. We're going to talk about what that alternative yeah, is. Please so, don't turn off your radio. That's you got to you got to come back and hear the rest of this. But before we uh, dip away here, just for a few minutes. Uh, do want to remind you of our website, www.thecatholiccafe.com, but also uh, love to hear from you. Send me an email. This is a to-do thing. <laughs> Put this on your to-do list. <laughs> Send me an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The heresy of iconoclasm came to the forefront in the early 8th century and lasted well into the 9th century. The iconoclast, whose name means image breakers, rejected the use of images of God or humans, but especially those of Christ, Mary, the saints, and holy events. These images had become commonplace in churches and homes throughout the universal church over the centuries, with paintings, drawings, sculptures, and other images dating to the earliest days of the Christian church. The iconoclast felt that to venerate these images was tantamount to idolatry, and their influence was causing a rift within the church. A council was called in the late 8th century, which addressed the issues of icons and sacred images in particular, but in a more general sense, the very nature of the worship of God. The Second Council of Nicaea in 787 AD was the seventh ecumenical council of the church and spoke with the full weight of the magisterium the teaching authority of the Roman Catholic Church. There was much discussion and prayer by the bishops attending the universal gathering. They took into account not only the promptings of the Holy Spirit, but also the works of many great Catholic theologians of the day. The writings of St. John of Damascus are said to have had a profound influence on the Council Fathers. About the subject of sacred art, he said, If a pagan asks you to show him your faith, take him into a church and place him before the icons. The Second Council of Nicaea dogmatically decreed that the church's inspired tradition of the veneration of sacred images be upheld. The council proclaimed, We define that the holy icons, whether in color, mosaic, or some other material, should be exhibited in the holy churches of God, on the sacred vessels and liturgical vestments, on the walls, furnishings, and in the houses along the roads, namely the icons of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that of Our Lady Theotokos, those of the venerated angels, and those of all the saintly people. Whenever these representations are contemplated, they will cause those who look at them to commemorate and love their prototype. Still today, the Catholic Church continues the centuries-old tradition of the use and benefit of sacred images of all kinds. The dogmatic decrees of the Second Council of Nicaea and many subsequent ecumenical councils to follow on the proper veneration of these images served as a spiritual anchor of inspiration to sacred tradition and the divine revelation of God. 
I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Sitting here with Tom Doran and, of course, yes, our, our new friend, Doug Rakulski. He is a new friend, isn't he? He's a good guy. He's a good he's guy. He's a good guy. So he's going to be doing a lot of work behind the scenes here on the Are you Catholic two related, Cafe. by the way? No, we have that ski thing, but he is S-K-Y. Oh, okay. I'm S-K-I. Okay. The I's are better. They come before the Y's. That's true. But that's a whole other issue, yep. a whole other show topic. Yes. We're still talking about we'll spiritual to-do list. We'll put that on our to-do, to-do list. list. Yeah, to-do list. We'll, we'll cover that right. one. Right. So we joke about to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug, we all have to-do lists in life. Doug's got the longest one, I think. He, he does that a lot happens. of IT stuff. It seems to work that way. Yeah, bug fixes. Well, you've got to go through a whole list of things that you've got to do, right? Every yeah. day. That's exactly right. And so we've really pretty much said that to-do lists are great for pretty much all aspects of your life, but they can be problematic. In the spiritual life. In the spiritual realm. And so what we want to make sure is we don't want to become someone who, who's lost sight of what we're supposed to do or why right. we're supposed to do it. And and I bring up that what and why. That's an important concept. Okay. Because typically in life, you know, we're, we do the what, and then afterwards we can't figure out the why. Right. You know, a lot of people will, when they're when we're teaching RCIA or whatever classes, folks who want to cons- convert to the Catholic faith, they want to come into full communion with, the, with Holy Mother Church, which is a great and noble thing to do. And really, they want to know what are all the things that we have to do. What's the, give me the list of all the things? Right. How do you do this and how do you do that? And what's that and what's that? And how many of those does you have to do a day? And right. how long of a fast do you? Have? You know, all these things are numbers right. to some people. And so, what I always try to do in RCI is spend, um, you know, just a little bit of time talking about the what, but spend the majority of the time talking about the why. Smart. So it becomes relevant. That is smart. You know, in life, we do the, the what, and it leads to the why for some people. But really, in your faith life, it's got to start with the why. Yeah. And then once you've started with the why, then you go to the to the what. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I, I think that while we shouldn't jettison all these great practices, right, we shouldn't just stop doing all these wonderful devotionals. We need to spend more time and focus on the goal. What is the purpose of all these devotions? Yeah, what is the purpose of, of going to Mass? Right. It's not that we go to Mass. Well, it's a mortal sin if you don't go to Mass. You know, right. and it's like, well, that may be true, but why? Right. Why is it a mortal sin? Why would the church say, you know, it's so important. We, we want to oblige you to go. you got to go. Right. Right? As, as, a, as your mother, we're going to tell you you need to go. You'll figure it out later. And the thing is, we do need to figure it out later as we get more spiritually mature, right? Right. So we don't want to ever lose sight of uh, the big picture in our spirituality. So we don't want a spiritual to-do list. So we got to figure out then to do that, why are we going to Mass? Why are we doing the rosaries? Why are we going to adoration? Mm-hmm. Why are we reading the Bible? Why are mm-hmm. we doing those things? Mm-hmm. Doug, what's the answer? Do you know why we're doing all those things? Because they're good for us. Yeah, but why are they good for us? See, I'm going to keep going why to the end of the show. He's like a little kid. He is. He's trying to figure why? it out. I am. Well, no, we cooperate. You know, we it, it boils down to trust. You know, are we trying? Are we allowing these things to change there us? There you go. See, now that's what the difference is. See, now, now you're focused on the goal is transformation. It's change, isn't it? It's, right. it's doing something that is going to um, create a new you. Transform. And absolutely. And that is so... That is so important. You know, really, you said these are things that we're going to, like you said, you said the word trust. 
Well, trust implies a relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so we're having a relationship with Jesus. We have a relationship with the church. We have a relationship with all of our fellow com- uh, 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 communicants or the people that we're in communion with or members of the body of Christ. We have relationships and specifically a relationship with Jesus that should transform us. And that's what all of this to-do thing is all about. Right. It's really to transform us. It's really to change us. And, and really, it's the whole thing, the whole big picture is to grow in holiness. Right. Right. So the, the key is that if you want to be holier, doing you know 20 rosaries isn't going to just instantly make you holy unless you're open to having that relationship and being changed. Right. You know, I often say um, that, you know, you can't sort of just create a situation where uh, by doing something, you become something, right? If you go into mass is good, right? Just having your your rear end touching a wood pew every Sunday doesn't Mm -hmm. make you Catholic. It doesn't make you Christian. Now, you may worship in a Christian or a Catholic space. But it doesn't make you, it doesn't transform you just by the virtue of you being there. Because if that was the case, then every time you stood in a garage, you'd be a, a car. Right? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's not true. Just proximity is not always the way right. to go about it. Now, is it, again, is it good to go to Mass? Absolutely. But, but if you're in going to Mass in the sort of um, openness to being transformed and changed, see, that's the key. That's right. powerful. Right. Well, I was thinking about uh, there were a couple of scripture verses that, that – that, really come to mind uh, the uh, the uh, third chapter of John mm-hmm. when Jesus has this encounter with this guy named Nicodemus mm-hmm. they're talking about baptisms or what's going on but but essentially it's being reborn and Jesus says truly truly I say to you unless one is born anew he cannot see the kingdom of God mm-hmm. it's like if you want to have a relationship with God you got to be born again mm-hmm. recreated you're not the same old you anymore Right, and so rebirth, change, transformation is important. In fact, Saint Paul uses the word the word transform when he talks. Uh, uh, he's talking to the uh, Romans, chapter twelve, very beginning of uh, chapter twelve. He says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." So don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be changed. Mm-hmm. You got to be different. You can't be the same. Right. And see, that's key. A lot of people go into church, or they go into adoration, or they go and, and into prayer. They do a rosary. They go into scriptural reading. They go to a Bible study. They do all these things, and yet they're not transformed. And yet they can tell you the numbers of things they do. So somebody's asking, how do you do that? There's got to be a how out there. There, I you got the what and the why. So how does somebody do that? You know what? The how is actually in the middle. I think the reality is it's the why that's most important. You should focus on the why. What is your goal? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Really, instead of having a spiritual to-do list, mm-hmm. really what we need to do is have a spiritual to-be list. That's a good point. A to-be list would be different than a to-do list. A to-be list is what are the goals in my life? What do I want to be when mm-hmm. I grow up, when I mature, when mm-hmm. I spiritually grow up? What do I want to be? And that's the key. What do I want to do? You know, you can set sights for yourself and goals, and you sit there and say, well, I want to be able to pray X number of rosaries a, a day or a week or a month, and or I want to do this. I want to spend this number of hours in prayer. And I, I hear people say that, and I do that myself. You know, mm-hmm. we can all fall into the, the trap of thinking the numbers are the God, right? The numbers right. are the... You know, that I am successful in my spiritual endeavor 
if I hit the number right. or if I exceed the number. Right. And if I'm deficient in the number. And we're unsuccessful, we fail. That then we, we might consider ourselves failure. Oh, we had to work harder at this. Right. And again, the goal then becomes just a number. box. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we don't want, and we don't want to do that. But I will say that sometimes when I'm talking to someone who's not having a good time in life, I can say, well, are you praying? And they say, no. It's like, well, maybe that's a place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, that's opening up a conversation. And that, and that is a good thing. But I would never say to that person, well, I'll tell you what, if you want to feel better about your life, if you want to have more success in your life, if you want to, uh, you know, be a, uh, in a better situation spiritually, then I think what you need to do is X number of these, X hours of that, right. you know, and do X of those. And the problem is that's never going to help them. Right. Because they're going to be like that very first guy I talked about at the beginning of the show who came in who's having troubles, and he's doing all these things, and yet these things aren't fixing his troubles. Yep. Right? And, that, and that's where, where maybe instead of having a to-do list, maybe you need to wipe the slate clean stop doing all the stuff and then decide for yourself what you want to be. I want to be holier. I want to be a better Catholic. I want to be a better husband or wife or father or son or daughter or grandparent or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. your state in life. I want to be a better friend or a coworker. I want to be a better coworker. I want to be a better uh, citizen of the world and realize that there are people that I don't even know who need my help. Mm-hmm. Right? And I want to be better at that. See, that's the why. And so that's your spiritual to be list. You create that list. Now you got something going. See what you can do then is you got the why. The why's are all written there. Why? Because I want to be a better husband. Or why? Because I want to be a better friend or a better coworker. That's the why. Mm-hmm. To be. Mm-hmm. Now you want to strategize, figure out what is the goal. I mean, what is the what is the the, the, the method to that goal? Right. How, that's the how, Tom. You were talking about. Right. How am I going to do that? That drives the how. That's right. Then you have the the things to do, which become things that are fruitful toward that goal, that will increase your faith. That will increase. Uh, your openness to God, your relationship with God, and uh, even your relationship with others in, in the body of Christ, um, those all those things will happen based on achieving the why, the right. to be. Right. That's, I will tell you, though, that's not easy. It's not, and you know what? It's constant. I don't think it ever stops. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Think it, you're constantly being transformed. That, and it's brilliant, Tom, that we'd be constantly wow. transformed. Yeah, he had a brilliant one. Wow. So that's our goal. Our goal is to be transformed, be open to transformation, to do these beautiful devotionals, but let them transform you. Amen. Let them be answers to that query, like, what do I want to be? I need to create a spiritual to-be list. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son sent to reconcile us to you forever. May our worship and praise never be reduced to mere empty ritual and actions without meaning. Send your Spirit upon us. And let us be truly transformed, conforming our will to yours. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.